As an example, in court, attorneys present their argument, which is a presumption. Neither side can prove anything, so the judge has discretion as to who wins. As long as there is controversy, the judge has immunity. When there is stipulation and agreement, the judge is no longer immune if he intercedes. There are elements to a stipulation. 1. No party can argue or refute it. 2. No party can offer supporting evidence. 3. No judge can consider it or change it or it is reversible error. Chapter 4 page 2 September 16, 2003 The notary public's functions are, 1. To administer oaths, 2. To attest and certify, by his hand and official seal, certain classes of documents, in order to give them credit and authenticity in foreign jurisdictions, 3. To take acknowledgments of deeds and other conveyances, and certify the same, and 4. To perform certain official acts, chiefly in commercial matters, such as the protesting of notes and bills, the noting of foreign drafts, and marine protests in case of loss or damage. Chapter 4 page 3 September 16, 2003 5 Definitions Black's Law Dictionary 4th Edition Acceptance The taking and receiving of anything in good part, and as it were a tacit agreement to a preceding act, which might have been defeated or avoided if such acceptance had not been made, the act of a person to whom a thing is offered or tendered by another, whereby he receives the thing with the intention of retaining it, such intention being evidenced by a sufficient act, the exercise of power conferred by an offer by performance of some act. Bills of exchange, an engagement to pay the bill in money when due, conditional, an engagement to pay the bill on the happening of a condition, a conditional acceptance is in effect a statement that the offered is willing to enter into a bargain differing in some respects from that proposed in the original offer. The conditional acceptance is, therefore, itself a counter-offer. Conditional, that which is dependent upon or granted subject to a condition, honor, v. To accept a bill of exchange, or to pay a note, check, or accepted bill, at maturity and according to its tenor. Dishonor, in mercantile law and usage, to refuse or decline to accept a bill of exchange, or refuse or neglect to pay a bill or note at maturity. Notice of dishonor, a notice given by the holder to the drawer of a bill, or to an endorser of a bill or note, that it has been dishonored by non-acceptance on presentment for acceptance, or by non-payment at its maturity. Bill, a formal declaration, complaint, or statement of particular things in writing. As a legal term, this word has many meanings, a writing. Bill of exchange, a written order from A, to B, directing B, to pay C a certain sum of money therein named, I, E, a conditional acceptance and its attachments, certificate of protest, Oregon Revised Statute 730052. A protest is a certificate of dishonor made by a United States consul or vice consul, or a notary public or other person authorized to administer oaths by the law of the place where dishonor occurs. The protest may be made upon information satisfactory to that person. The protest must identify the instrument and certify that either presentment has been made or, if not made, the reason why it was not made, and that the instrument has been dishonored by non-acceptance or non-payment. The protest may also certify that notice of dishonor has been given to some or all parties. Domestic bill of exchange, a bill of exchange drawn on a person residing in the same state with the drawer, or dated at a place in the state, and drawn on a person living within the state. It is the residence of the drawer and drawee which must determine whether a bill is domestic or foreign. Foreign bill of exchange, a bill of exchange drawn in one state or country, upon a foreign state or country. A bill of exchange drawn in one country upon another country not governed by the same homogeneous laws, or not governed throughout by the same municipal laws. A bill of exchange drawn in one of the United States upon a person residing in another state is a foreign bill. Chapter 5 page 1 September 16, 2003 Inland Bill of Exchange, one of which the drawer and drawee are residents of the same state or country. 
Notary Public, a public officer whose function it is to administer oaths, to attest and certify, by his hand and official seal, certain classes of documents, in order to give them credit and authenticity in foreign jurisdictions, to take acknowledgments of deeds and other conveyances, and certify the same, and to perform certain official acts, chiefly in commercial matters, such as the protesting of notes and bills, the noting of foreign drafts, and marine protest in cases of loss or damage. Stamp, an impression made by public authority, in pursuance of law, on paper or parchment, upon which certain legal proceedings, conveyances or contracts are required to be written, and for which a tax or duty is exacted. App. 2x3 usually pre-inked stamp the notary places on a document. Seal, a particular sign, made to attest in the most formal manner, the execution of an instrument. Public seal, a seal belonging to and used by one of the bureaus or departments of government, for authenticating or attesting documents, process or records. An impression made of some device, by means of a piece of metal or other hard substance, kept and used by public authority. Noting. Dictionary of Business, Oxford University Press, 1996, the procedure adopted if a bill of exchange has been dishonored by non-acceptance or by non-payment. Not later than the next business day after the day on which it was dishonored, the holder has to hand it to the notary public to be noted. The notary represents the bill, if it is still unaccepted or unpaid, the circumstances are noted in a register and also on a notarial ticket, which is attached to the bill. The noting can then, if necessary, be extended to a protest. Noting. The act of a notary in minuting on a bill of exchange, after it has been presented for acceptance or payment, the initials of his name, date of the day, month and year when such presentment was made, and the reason, if any has been assigned, for non-acceptance or non-payment, together with his charge. Ticket. In contracts, a slip of paper containing a certificate that the person to whom it is issued, or the holder, is entitled to some right or privilege therein mentioned or described. Protest. A notarial act, being a formal statement in writing made by a notary under his seal of office, at the request of the holder of a bill or note, in which it is declared that the bill or note described was on a certain day presented for payment, or acceptance, and that such payment or acceptance was refused, and stating the reasons, if any, given for such refusal, whereupon the notary protests against all parties to such instrument, and declares that they will be held responsible for all loss or damage arising from its dishonor. It denotes also all the steps or acts accompanying the dishonor necessary to charge an endorser. Chapter 5 Page 2 September 16, 2003 Protest, Dictionary of Business, Oxford University Press, 1996, a procedure by which a notary provides formal evidence of the dishonor of a bill of exchange. When a foreign bill has been dishonored by non-acceptance or non-payment, it is handed to the notary, who usually presents it again. If it is still dishonored, the notary attaches a slip showing the answer received and other particulars, a process called noting. The protest, in the form of a formal document, may then be drawn up at a later time. Notice of Protest A notice given by the holder of a bill or note to the drawer or endorser that the bill has been protested for refusal of payment or acceptance. From the Creature from Jekyll Island, by G. Edward Griffith. Page 187. Directly from the St. Louis Federal Reserve Bank, in the fine print of a footnote in a bulletin. Modern monetary systems have a fiat base literally money by decree. With depository institutions, acting as fiduciaries, creating obligations. Against themselves with a fiat base acting in part as reserves. The decree appears on the currency notes, this note is legal tender for all debts, public and private, while no individual could refuse to accept 
Such money debt for debt repayment exchange contracts could easily be composed to forward it to everyday use in commerce. Chapter 5 page 3 September 16, 2003 6. Analyzing their drafts slash offer When you receive a draft, a bill, an offer or a presentment, you must understand what it is. They are asking from you, what it is they are asking you to do, what they really mean, and not what you assume they mean. It is imperative that you not make any assumptions or presumptions. Slowly read through their document and ask yourself the following questions. 3 quarters what claims are they making? 3 quarters what are you accepting? 3 quarters what would prove their claim? 3 quarters does their proof exist? 3 quarters in what form would their proof exist? 3 quarters what do you want them to produce in order to prove their proof? 3 quarters what happens if they don't produce the proof of their claim? 3 quarters what is your foundation in law for requesting that they prove their claim? 3 quarters what laws do they have to follow? 3 quarters are you following the laws you are required to follow? 3 quarters what would prove your position? 3 quarters what do you want to happen at the conclusion of the matter? 3 quarters do you want some type of recompense at the end of the matter? 3 quarters has it affected your credit in any way? Will it? 3 quarters how do you want to resolve any credit issues at the end? It is always a good idea to take a pad of paper and list the answers. Then begin to construct your conditional or full acceptance. 7. Avoid pitfalls and errors. As you construct your response, you must avoid the most frequent pitfalls in language that will place you in dishonor. Remember English 101. Waiting longer than 72 hours before responding. Giving the impression you agree with their offer. Conditionally accepting an offer they have not made. Requesting documents that do not apply to their offer. Requesting documents that support their claims. Testifying. Arguing. Failing to specify a response date. Failing to specify a response address. Not giving reasonable time to respond to your CA slash A. Not giving a reasonable time to respond with an accounting, UCC 92104D equals 14 days. To do it right the first time in order to perform the honor-dishonor process properly, you must have a notary willing and able to complete the process for you. 21 days after your CA slash A, conditional acceptance slash affidavit, is sent, depending on whether or not you wish them to produce an accounting, the notary will mail the notice of dishonor. If the notary does not receive a response to the notice of dishonor, 10 days later the notary will mail the second notice of dishonor. If there is no response, Five days later the notary will send the certificate of dishonor slash breach and non-response to you. The notary will enter each notarial act in the notary's journal. The notary will also be creating a notary's file which contains a duplicate original of each document. The notary will send you a complete duplicate of the notary file at the completion of the process. You must provide the notary with advance payment for services, written instructions, and signature-ready documents. When you determine this is a process you want to utilize, secure a knowledgeable notary's services in advance of sending your first document. Have your safety net firmly secured before you jump off the building. Also, realize, as you proceed through this process, some creditors and reporting agencies will not be cooperative. In fact, 
They may be downright irritating and frustrating as well as trying to trick you into dishonor. They may assign the accounts to collectors who can be extremely aggressive and try to trick you into dishonor. Keep a spiral notebook by the phone and document the dates and times of any phone calls, as well as the name, phone number with extension, if you can get it, agency and address of callers. Be prepared to state clearly, I cannot verify who you are, and I do not conduct any business on the phone. If you have something to say or want me to know, write it down, sign it and mail it, and then hang up. Do not let them entice you into argument. If they continue to call and bother you, you may wish to turn the tables on them by asking them to hold on for a minute, set the phone down, simply walk away and hang the phone up after 10 or 15 minutes. Be sure to inform all others who answer your phone that such calls may occur and not to let it upset them. You may also receive correspondence or further billing that appears intimidating or threatening from the creditor as well as from collectors. Add to your spiral notebook list the date and type of contact, as well as the name of the sender of each piece of communication you receive. Remember that, each time they contact you after they have been notified not to contact you, may be worth $1,000 per communication, per your conditional acceptance, so smile and add the dollars up. Don't let it upset you or your household, but be sure to arm family members with the knowledge so they are not upset by unwanted phone calls. Obviously, having already implemented privacy strategies will prevent unwanted phone calls from being inadvertently answered. Best to have a phone line you do not answer and only use that number to give to all creditors. Chapter 2 Page 1 September 15, 2003 3 Background We live under maritime law. Maritime law is contract law. There is a public side and a private side. The original contract is a private matter between two parties. The public side is where the government and the courts, the people, enter into the equation. Under maritime law, none of the standard constitutional or validity of the law arguments are applicable. The courts don't rule on crimes. Courts can only hear controversy over damages. In order for the court to take jurisdiction, a litigant must give up their energy and enter into the public side. Think about shipping in the 1700s. Merchants and shippers purchased and posted bonds to cover losses if a ship was lost at sea. Now consider what happens in a criminal setting. A defendant is served a warrant. What is a warrant? Have you ever received a tax refund check or a paycheck from state or local government? It says right on the face of it that it is a warrant. A warrant is a check, a payment. Who has the commercial energy when the defendant is served a warrant? What is one of the first things a defendant does? The defendant is charged, arraigned, enters a plea and posts a bond. The charge is an offer to pay or perform. The arraignment is simply informing him of the offer. The court cannot rule on criminal activities, so the defendant is often enticed into dishonor by being tricked into making a plea or entering into a plea bargain. A plea is an argument and puts the defendant in dishonor. A bail bond is insurance, a contract to perform, to appear or forfeit the insurance. Entering into the bond contract is giving up the energy. Remember the 72-hour right of rescission? Well, if the government doesn't post the bond in 72 hours, guess what? The defendant goes home, the government is bankrupt and cannot post a bond. Only the defendant can post the bond. Even signing a contract to be released on one's own recognizance is a bond and the defendant gives up his energy. When the CA-A process is designed to help you respond honorably when you receive a draft. Remember that a draft is an offer, a presentment, whether it is a bill or a statement, an allegation, or an inquiry. You remain in honor when you timely respond with an acceptance, payment, or a conditional acceptance saying you will accept their draft if they do or have such and such. The components of writing a good CA are to break the offer down into its most minute components and address each individually, and not address issues not contained in their draft. 
Make no assumptions. The CA must contain very specific language and specifically address the issues, better yet, if it contains legal citations. When some accused are detained without arraignment and incommunicado, without even the opportunity to request an appearance bond posted by the accuser. We are not suggesting this legal strategy will always work because they have the biggest guns, so be sure to learn more about the process before attempting to implement this type of strategy. Chapter 3 page 1 September 16, 2003 4 Overview Everything you do in life, whether a draft or a bill for services rendered, a request to do chores, or a letter asking why you did not file your taxes, is a draft, offer. Every time you are addressed by some person, company or agency, realize you may be lured into responding inappropriately. By law, you have 72 hours, 3 days, to change your mind on entering into any contract. When you do respond, you must analyze what you are really being asked to do or perform, or whether you are making assumptions about what is being requested. Every response you make falls into one of four categories. The first two leave you in honor and in control. The last two leave you in dishonor and you will lose. Conditionally accept. CA, the offer, accept the offer, argue, or ignore, be silent, acquiesce. Consider the examples below and how you might respond in each circumstance using the four options above. Which have you utilized? Were you in honor or dishonor? Will you prevail or will you lose? Would you answer differently with your newfound knowledge if it happened today? 1. Your 17-year-old child says he wants to stay out until midnight. You respond, you can stay out till midnight if you complete all your homework and you don't have school tomorrow. 2. Your significant other says, after you take out the trash, we can have some quiet time, so you take out the trash. 3. You get double billing for the carpet you just had installed. You call the business and tell them you're not going to pay it. 4. You receive a bill for a new roof, which was on your neighbor's house. You throw the bill away and laugh since it wasn't your roof. 5. You receive an IRS CP 515 inquiring why you didn't file for last tax year. You send a letter telling them that income tax is unconstitutional and you don't have to file. Frequently, creditors will intentionally take advantage of your commercial ignorance in order to set you up or entice you into dishonor and cause you to lose. This is accomplished in many ways, such as, they make an offer, demand or draft so outrageous that it entices you to argue. They lure you to respond in a manner which technically is argument. They give you a far-off respond by date so that you do not respond within 72 hours. They don't tell you how to cure a prior dishonor. They don't respond at all to you so you don't know what's happened. Chapter 4 page 1 September 16, 2003 On the other hand, you likely have responded many times dishonorably. Consider these responses and categorize them. A. You complain about a service and refuse to pay for it. B. You write a letter disputing a charge on your credit card statement. C. You call a vendor and chew them out for billing you for someone else's work slash purchases. D. You don't respond at all to someone who angers you. E. You reply with an untruthful or outrageous response. F. You file a lawsuit or a complaint. Remember, all facts are irrelevant and fly out the window when there is dishonor. A judge can only intercede if there is controversy. If there is stipulation, he has nothing to do and that's the end of it. You have energy and control if you stay in honor. There are two components to offers, public and private. Each issue is covered either procedurally or in substance. You must be able to determine whether it is an issue you want to address publicly or privately. The CA A process is in the private sector. Litigation is the public sector. Substance can be handled in private by stipulation or agreement. 
Procedure is handled by the courts. Substance is establishing the facts. Courts do not deal with facts, they deal with rules. You can always go back and correct an error, but you should strive to not make any errors. If you were to draw a chart, it would look something like this, public-private illusion real debtor-creditor limited liability full liability irresponsible responsible opinion, presumption, testimony facts and truth cannot act serves others consumers creates asset goods judges immune judge in ministerial capacity argument, dishonor stipulation, agreement procedure substance. Setting unrealistic and unsubstantiated damage amounts, failing to give notice to the court that you are handling this matter privately, if applicable, failing for subsequent offers, traversing to their issue and leaving your CA behind, starting the CA A process before you are ready to finish it, failing to understand the principles and law applicable to what you are doing, errors will place you into unintended dishonor. Remember that dishonor equals loss, equals the debtor. Errors generally fall into two types of categories, 1. Uncorrected errors in either procedure or substance. 2. Incorrect use of phrases and terms, or making statements of argument, a. Unacceptable b. No good c. Fraudulent d. Prima facie evidence e. Non-meritorious f. I don't understand g. Makes no sense h. Incomplete accounting i. Incomplete records j. Making a claim k. Making a statement l. Making a bluff chapter 7 page 1 July 10, 2003 Most importantly know who you are. If you are not a secured party, you must tailor the return addresses and the text to reflect your name in all uppercase letters all the time. If you are a secured party for your straw man, you must ensure that the language in the documents reflects what things you are doing and what things the straw man name applies to. The documents that are templates are not customized for your specific situation. It's your job to know what you're doing and read before you sign anything. You will determine how many additional duplicate originals from the notary you will need of each proof of service and each of the notices and notary notes. Chapter 7 page 2 June 7, 2003 8, The CA construct every conditional acceptance must contain these essential components. 1. What it is you want them to produce. 2. When you want them to produce it. 3. What happens if they don't produce it. 4. What the penalties are. 5. What the remedy is. It is just like a complaint. You most likely will want to ask for a statement of account, which requires 14 days instead of 10. If they don't have an initial transaction, they can't bill you. They have to have something where you signed it some time for them to have a valid claim further. It is important as you review samples provided, that you analyze each of the pocs to see if they apply to your situation. You may not need all of the pocs in the samples, or you may need to incorporate other pocs not contained in the samples. You must customize every CA to meet your particular situation. After the notarial protest, to complete the process, you send a letter of request to the clerk of the court asking the clerk to give the judge the courtesy copies of the acceptance and redraft, the affidavit, and the presentment which you have accepted and signed. All of your documents that accompany the letter should be stamped copy on each page. The letter of request to the clerk should specify that it is your intent to settle the account privately without resort to a tribunal. That is your remedy. You have a third party serve it with a proof of service, a certificate of service, showing the registered mail number. A conditional acceptance may be a letter or formal document. Either generally begins with wording stating, I slash we conditionally accept your offer to. Followed by the conditional elements, such as upon proof of claim or documentation verifying respondents claim that 1. Jane Doe entered into a contract with you to perform to your demands. 2. All the terms of the contract were disclosed in the document. 
3. The alleged loan account was ever validated or verified. 4. An attempt to collect upon a fraudulent debt, sent via the U.S. mail, is something other than a violation of the mail fraud statutes. The CA must not request that the creditor prove a negative, that something did not exist or happen. It is an impossibility, one cannot prove a negative on a certain date and time, one can only prove that something did exist. It must also not speak in generalities or traverse, deny. If you have phrased the language of the CA properly, you will be able to easily convert the proofs of claim into affidavit format for the affidavit which accompanies the CA. The affidavit, A, will simply restate the same information contained in the CA with slight revisions to form to make it an A. Notice the change of language in italics below. The CA contains the proof of claim, POC, language at the beginning of the sentence. The A language has replaced the POC chapter 8 page 11 September 18, 2003 with the words the affiant has not seen or been presented with. And ends with the belief statement. Each of the four statements below directly correlates to the four POCs above. 1. Affiant has not seen or been presented with any documentation verifying that Jane Doe entered into a contract with you to perform to your demands, and believe that no such verified documentation exists. 2. Affiant has not seen or been presented with documentation verifying that all the terms of the contract were disclosed in the document, and believes that no such verified documentation exists. 3. Affiant has not seen or been presented with any documentation verifying that the alleged loan account was ever validated or verified, and believes that no such verified documentation exists. 4. Affiant has not seen or been presented with any documentation verifying that an attempt to collect upon a fraudulent debt, sent via the U.S. Mail, is something other than a violation of the mail fraud statutes, and believes that no such verified documentation exists. Each numbered POC should contain only one element to be provided or proven. Do not use compound sentences, sentences containing the word AND, or sentences using an inferred AND. Break each sentence thing down into its multiple components. As an example, you know that they don't have your original promissory note because they sold it and the new lender only has a photocopy, not an original signature. Address each component separately. As an example, POC that you have the original promissory note. POC the original promissory note you have is still in its original, unaltered form. Every CA should also contain your right to correct a previous dishonor or error. Below are some samples to address this issue or it may be addressed in your opening paragraph. POC that this conditional acceptance is a refusal to perform. POC that this conditional acceptance is a refusal to perform, even after a judgment or decision, once proof of claim is delivered. POC that this conditional acceptance is refusal to perform, even after a judgment or decision, once the mistaken dishonor of said decision is corrected and the proof of claim is delivered, the CA should contain reference to the UCC reference contained in your state statutes, and the closing language should contain statements similar to this, as well as what you want to happen after the dishonor of your CA, your state law section, enter your state code hash for UCC 9210, requires you to provide me with a full and complete, accurate and not misleading accounting including, but not limited to, the initial deposit and all charge slips with relevant entries. Failure to accept this conditional acceptance, by producing the requested records and documentation, responding on a point-by-point -point basis in affidavit form under your full commercial liability, including all related documents that verify you have authority to enforce an instrument including, without limitation, certified copies of documentation showing you are a bona fide creditor in a collection process, and a certified copy of your registered claim, pursuant to Title 15. Sections 1091, 1095, 
showing Doe as the debtor and you as the secured party creditor, and the security agreement supporting said registered claim with the Doe's signatures, and stating that the facts contained therein are true, correct, complete in Chapter 8, page 22, September 18, 2003, not misleading, pursuant to state statutes, within 14, 14, days plus mailing time, shall constitute your agreement with the facts stated in the attached to separation. This is a private presentment to you in your individual capacity, and is intended to effect an out-of court settlement of this matter, conduct yourself accordingly. Note, if you are requesting an accounting, you must give them 14 plus 3 plus 3 equals 20 days. If you are not requesting an accounting, it is only 3 plus 3 plus 3 equals 9, however, the code specifies 14 minimum. You cannot count Sundays or holidays. Look up your state equivalent to the UCC at http colon slash slash www.law.cornell.edu slash uniform slash uk.html. Search your state equivalent listing for the Uniform Commercial Code for a section that is similarly numbered. As an example UCC 9210 is Arizona ARS 479210. Your state code will contain the same UCC section number in a different order with hyphens in different locations and possibly slightly different wording. It is easiest to search the state equivalent of the UCC for the title of the particular statute. Once you find your state equivalent to the UCC, bookmark it for your future reference, and it would be wise to print it out, three-hole punch it and place your state commercial code in a binder. In the commercial world, the CA-A process works best for living men women who have chosen to obtain control of their corporate entity strawman by filing their own UCC-1 on the strawman and taking the first lien holder position on the strawman's properties, see UCC manual. Both living men women and corporate entities can place liens on others for debts owed them. Think about a building contractor who liens the real estate owner for the materials utilized in constructing a new home. The contractor keeps that lien in place until he is paid and then releases the lien. Utilizing a UCC-1 against the creditor when they fail to honor both you and the notary and therefore have stipulated to the facts contained in your affidavit and redraft enables you to place a lien, which is marketable value and can be sold to others or enforced. However, you must obtain the creditor's stipulation in advance of placing any lien and the ideal time to obtain, that stipulation is in your CA-A, which will likely be agreed to by their silence and dishonor. When you have completed writing the CA-A documents, in order for this process to be effective, you must also include either a bill of exchange, a promissory note or a bond which they are authorized to negotiate after having proved their claim and provided the documentation proving their claim. Note, the final attempt CA-A are only for use by those who have utilized some other administrative remedy process to try to discharge or settle an account before and were unsuccessful, you are allowed to correct a prior mistake. The final attempt corrects your prior errors. You must either use the CA-A or the final attempt CA-A, but not both for the same creditor. You will then follow the same documents order in the templates labeled CC2, CC3, CC4, etc. in the samples section to complete the notarial protest. The CA construct every conditional acceptance must contain these essential components 1. What it is you want them to produce 2. When you want them to produce it 3. What happens if they don't produce it 4. What the penalties are 5. 
What the remedy is, it is just like a complaint. You most likely will want to ask for a statement of account, which requires 14 days instead of 10. If they don't have an initial transaction, they can't bill you. They have to have something where you signed at some time for them to have a valid claim further. It is important as you review samples provided, that you analyze each of the POCs to see if they apply to your situation. You may not need all of the POCs in the samples, or you may need to incorporate other POCs not contained in the samples. You must customize every CA to meet your particular situation. After the notarial protest, to complete the process, you send a letter of request to the clerk of the court asking the clerk to give the judge the courtesy copies of the acceptance and redraft, the affidavit, and the presentment which you have accepted and signed. All of your documents that accompany the letter should be stamped copy on each page. The letter of request to the clerk should specify that it is your intent to settle the account privately without resort to a tribunal. That is your remedy. You have a third party serve it with a proof of service, a certificate of service, showing the registered mail number. A conditional acceptance may be a letter or formal document. Either generally begins with wording stating, I slash we conditionally accept your offer to. Followed by the conditional elements, such as upon proof of claim or documentation verifying respondents claim that 1. Jane Doe entered into a contract with you to perform to your demands. 2. All the terms of the contract were disclosed in the document. 3. The alleged loan account was ever validated or verified. 4. An attempt to collect upon a fraudulent debt, sent via the U.S. Mail, is something other than a violation of the mail fraud statutes. The CA must not request that the creditor prove a negative, that something did not exist or happen. It is an impossibility. One cannot prove a negative on a certain date and time. One can only prove that something did exist. It must also not speak in generalities or traverse, deny. If you have phrased the language of the CA properly, you will be able to easily convert the proofs of claim into affidavit format for the affidavit which accompanies the CA. The affidavit, A, will simply restate the same information contained in the CA with slight revisions to form to make it an A. Notice the change of language in italics below. The CA contains the proof of claim, POC, language at the beginning of the sentence. The A language has replaced the POC chapter 8 page 11 September 18, 2003 with the words the affiant has not seen or been presented with. And ends with the belief statement. Each of the four statements below directly correlates to the four POCs above. 1. Affiant has not seen or been presented with any documentation verifying that Jane Doe entered into a contract with you to perform to your demands, and believe that no such verified documentation exists. 2. Affiant has not seen or been presented with documentation verifying that all the terms of the contract were disclosed in the document, and believes that no such verified documentation exists. 3. Affiant has not seen or been presented with any documentation verifying that the alleged loan account was ever validated or verified, and believes that no such verified documentation exists. 4. Affiant has not seen or been presented with any documentation verifying that an attempt to collect upon a fraudulent debt, sent via the U.S. Mail, is something other than a violation of the mail fraud statutes, and believes that no such verified documentation exists. Each numbered POC should contain only one element to be provided or proven. Do not use compound sentences, sentences containing the word and, or sentences using an inferred and. Break each sentence thing down into its multiple components. As an example, you know that they don't have your original promissory note because they sold it and the new lender only has a photocopy, not an original signature. Address each component separately. As an example, pop that you have the original promissory note. Pop the original promissory note you have is still in its original, unaltered form. 
Every CA should also contain your right to correct a previous dishonor or error. Below are some samples to address this issue, or it may be addressed in your opening paragraph. Pock that this conditional acceptance is a refusal to perform. Pock that this conditional acceptance is a refusal to perform, even after a judgment or decision, once proof of claim is delivered. Pock that this conditional acceptance is refusal to perform, even after a judgment or decision, once the mistaken dishonor of said decision is corrected and the proof of claim is delivered, the CA should contain reference to the UCC reference contained in your state statutes, and the closing language should contain statements similar to this, as well as what you want to happen after the dishonor of your CA, your state law section, enter your state code hash for UCC 9210, requires you to provide me with a full and complete, accurate and not misleading accounting including, but not limited to, the initial deposit and all charge slips with relevant entries. Failure to accept this conditional acceptance, by producing the requested records and documentation, responding on a point-by-point -point basis in affidavit form under your full commercial liability, including all related documents that verify you have authority to enforce an instrument including, without limitation, certified copies of documentation showing you are a bona fide creditor in a collection process, and a certified copy of your registered claim, pursuant to Title 15, Sections 1091, 1095, showing Doe as the debtor and you as the secured party creditor, and the security agreement supporting said registered claim with the Doe's signatures, and stating that the facts contained therein are true, correct, complete in Chapter 8, page 22, September 18, 2003, not misleading, pursuant to state statutes, within 14, 14, days plus mailing time, shall constitute your agreement with the facts stated in the attached to separation. This is a private presentment to you in your individual capacity, and is intended to effect an out-of-court settlement of this matter. Conduct yourself accordingly. Note, if you are requesting an accounting, you must give them 14 plus 3 plus 3 equals 20 days. If you are not requesting an accounting, it is only 3 plus 3 plus 3 equals 9, however, the code specifies 14 minimum. You cannot count Sundays or holidays. Look up your state equivalent to the UCC at http colon slash slash www.law.cornell.edu slash uniform slash uk.html. Search your state equivalent listing for the Uniform Commercial Code for a section that is similarly numbered. As an example UCC 9210 is Arizona ARS 47 9210. Your state code will contain the same UCC section number in a different order with hyphens in different locations and possibly slightly different wording. It is easiest to search the state equivalent of the UCC for the title of the particular statute. Once you find your state equivalent to the UCC, bookmark it for your future reference and it would be wise to print it out, three-hole punch it and place your state commercial code in a binder. In the commercial world, the CA-A process works best for living men-women who have chosen to obtain control of their corporate entity strawman by filing their own UCC-1 on the strawman and taking the first lien holder position on the strawman's properties, see UCC Manual. Both living men-women and corporate entities can place liens on others for debts owed. Them. Think about a building contractor who liens the real estate owner for the materials utilized. In constructing a new home, the contractor keeps that lien in place until he is paid and then releases the lien. Utilizing a UCC-1 against the creditor when they fail to honor both you and the 
Notary and therefore have stipulated to the facts contained in your affidavit and redraft enables you to place a lien, which has marketable value and can be sold to others or enforced, however, you must obtain the creditor's stipulation in advance of placing any lien and the ideal time to obtain that stipulation is in your CA slash A, which will likely be agreed to by their silence and dishonor. When you have completed writing the CA slash A documents, in order for this process to be effective, you must also include either a bill of exchange, a promissory note or a bond which they are authorized to negotiate after having proved their claim and provided the documentation proving their claim. Note, the final attempts CA slash A are only for use by those who have utilized some other administrative remedy process to try to discharge or settle an account before and were unsuccessful. You are allowed to correct a prior mistake. The final attempt corrects your prior errors. You must either use the CA slash A or the final attempt CA slash A, but not both for the same creditor. You will then follow the same documents order in the templates labeled CC2, CC3, CC4, etc. In the samples section to complete the notarial protest. Chapter 8 page 33 September 18, 2003 9 The bill of exchange in this process, you will create a bill of exchange. The bill which was presented to you, is now exchanged by you to pay or discharge the account and send back to them. There are many writings, essays and schools of thought on the bill of exchange process. Below are two commentaries to consider. Bills of exchange are an instruction to the payee to use their financial institution to facilitate your authorization to use your exemption to discharge a public debt. This is a stuff and adjustment, not a draw on the treasury. There are no funds to transfer in an exchange involving an exemption. It is a stuff and an adjustment to adjust the open public account using your exemption from having to pay for anything when there is no specie, coin money, gold and silver in circulation outside the box. What could the man, who is outside the US box, possibly use to pay a debt? There is nothing outside the box to do that, that is why the straw man is so convenient. The straw man can use FRNs inside the box to pay the tax on not paying for the items. Great idea, right? Exchange contracts and unofficial brief provisions for exchange contracts based on priority tax exemptions are scattered throughout various legislative acts, joint resolutions and executive orders in 1933, and in the congressional record based on HJR 192, confirmed by the U.S. Supreme Court in 1939, Guarantee Trust of New York v. Henwood, et al., FN3 and codified in Public Law 73-10. However, the exchange process must only be used as an accepted for value response. A written claim must be received. Only then can the secured party respond. Mr. Paul O'Neill recently made it clear to a senator from Arkansas that when he is aware of and receives bills of exchange, he holds them, thus honoring them. Private sector claims can be discharged using a negotiable instrument such as the bill of exchange, etc., and must be processed through a local financial institution that holds or has access to a treasury tax and loan account. The TTL account is administered and controlled by the Technical Support Division of the IRS. This is a change under reorganization wherein these accounts were formerly administered by the Special Procedure Function Division of the IRS. All of these actions take time and must be based on written claims. Furthermore, as near as I have been able to ascertain, all public debts are discharged with a simple ledger entry and computer transfer for credit and debit through the IRS Technical Support Division. 
However, certain individuals at the Department of the Treasury persist in misrouting many of the documents presented to the Secretary of the Treasury by labeling them as Treasury securities, which they are not, sending them to the Bureau of Public Debt instead of to the UCC Contract Trust Department of the IRS. Private sector debts are discharged through a slightly more involved process requiring claimants bank to process the negotiable instrument through to the Secretary of the Treasury, the Federal Window, that officially became a bank at 1500 Pennsylvania Avenue, NW in Washington, D.C. In 2001, under commercial banking codes the bank that processes the negotiable instrument through its TTL department is required to issue a credit to the account and place a hold on the credit for a designated number of days, then release the order for credit to the designated account. Many bankers claim they are not familiar with the bill of exchange even though the details regarding it have been published in Witkin, Negotiable Instruments, Volume 3 for well over 80 years and is considered to be the banking industry standard. Many banks hesitate to process this class of negotiable instrument. However, federal banking regulations and a growing number of court decisions, stare decisis, make it clear that the bank's Chapter 9 page 1 December 1, 2003 must accept and process these negotiable instruments. The IRS has indicated that regulations now require each bill of exchange presented into the private sector must also be attached to a 1099 OID that requires notification to the IRS of the transaction. Major changes took place in the operation of the Federal Reserve beginning January 1, 2001. All public windows were closed at all Federal Reserve banks. Only member banks of the Federal Reserve can do business with them. With one exception all Federal Reserve banks no longer process non-electronic negotiable instruments. Pass. Through negotiable instruments such as the bill of exchange must be processed through a local financial institution sent directly to the Secretary of the Treasury via certified mail. All other non-cash commercial paper is now handled through the Depository Trust Corporation. The Department of the Treasury Bank, DTB, the Federal Reserve and many local banks acknowledge the lawful bill of exchange. However, these documents directed to the Secretary of the Treasury must be presented through a financial institution, signed by them, bonded, as the agent for direct presentment. Upon honor of the document by the Secretary of the Treasury, the bank is authorized to release the hold and credit the claimant's account. According to banking regulations, Witkin negotiable instruments, and an increasing number of court decisions the bill of exchange is to be treated the same as a check except it must be sent directly to the secretary via certified mail. Complete routing instructions must be included, letter of advice, in order for the bill of exchange to be processed and honored. Each bill of exchange set of documents is to be attached to an IRS 1099 OID form. Each set of documents must be delivered via certified mail to the secretary. Only the Secretary of the Treasury has the authority and jurisdiction to honor or dishonor these negotiable instruments. Some government agents attempt to usurp that authority and many such documents have been misdirected to the Bureau of Public Debt. Many banks attempt to reject these instruments even though the regulations and the courts direct them to process them as instructed. We do not, at this time, advocate the use of a 1099 OID. Until one fully understands the import of sending and filing such a document, please do not use one. As you go through this process, not only keep in mind what money really is, but also remember the Fair Debt Collections Practice Act, which applies to the straw man and the UCC. Arizona Revised Statute, look it up in your state, 47 to 3603 reads, Tender of Payment, A. If tender of payment of an obligation to pay an instrument is made to a person entitled to enforce the instrument, the effect of tender is governed by principles of law applicable to tender of payment under a simple contract, B. 
If tender of payment of an obligation to pay an instrument is made to a person entitled to enforce the instrument and the tender is refused, there is discharge, to the extent of the amount of the tender, of the obligation of an endorser or accommodation party having a right of recourse with respect to the obligation to which the tender relates. C. If tender of payment of an amount due on an instrument is made to a person entitled to enforce the instrument, the obligation of the obligor to pay interest after the due date on the amount tendered is discharged. If presentment is required with respect to an instrument, and the obligor is able and ready to pay on the due date at every place of payment stated in the instrument, the obligor is deemed to have made tender of payment on the due date to the person entitled to enforce the instrument. There is some disagreement as to the exact meaning of B above. One interpretation is that you are tendering payment and they are accepting by acquiescence or refusing it, therefore, the Chapter 9 page 2 December 1, 2003 debt is discharged. BOEs vary a little in their language, depending on the writer. Another interpretation might be that only the right of recourse is conferred. Depending on which is truly the correct interpretation, a BOE will resolve the matter if done properly. As we learn more about bonds of discharge, it may be the easiest way to settle the account, but will have to be accompanied with instructions. Always be sure of the course you chose to follow. Either way, all contain the value, the date and your signature. Remember, in this process you are offering to let them negotiate the BOE or bond after they have proven their claims, so please ensure you have specified in your conditional acceptance that they can only negotiate after their production of the verified documents you have requested. In some instances, you will not fill in the value in words and numbers because you cannot equate what the value is. In that instance, you will include instructions for them to fill in the value and notify you of the amount, after they have proven their claims and provided their proof. Yours may be an overlay you photocopy onto their bill. Your own is the SSN without the dashes. It must not be contained in a box, and is best if it is printed in red and signed by you in blue ink. It might look like this, accepted for value exempt from levy I accept this presentment for value or performance, including all related endorsements, front and back, for immediate release of the proceeds, products, accounts and fixtures, according to the Uniform Commercial Code 10 to 104 and UCC 1 104, as it has been adopted in this state, and House Joint Resolution 192, June 5, 1933, value dollar underscore date underscore employer identification hash underscore, your signature or accepted for assessed value, and returned in exchange for closure and settlement of this accounting. Date underscore, 2003 employer identification hash, your signature, Chapter 9 page 3 December 1, 2003. the affidavit the affidavit in support of conditional acceptance is much easier to assemble and write than the ca this is your affidavit in negative averment form as to the facts that you have not seen or been presented with the documentations or evidence you are asking them to produce in your conditional acceptance it is standard format with a county and state heading the title of the document followed by the text of the document the first statement must be your ability to make an affidavit thereafter you simply copy and paste the facts do not create the affidavit until after you're happy with the entirety of your CA. It is wise to take a duplicate original to the notary as you will be mailing one original to the respondent and you will want an original to photocopy for the rest of the process the notary will send out for you and to keep one in your file records. The affidavit, A, must be signed and sworn to, under penalty of perjury, in front of a notary. You must raise your right hand and swear or affirm the truth of the document. Many notaries will not know the difference between simply witnessing the signature, 
verifying the identity of the maker, an acknowledgement, and giving an oath witnessing the affidavit curette. Tell them it is an affidavit and speak the oath firmly out loud. Ensure the notary makes an entry in their notary book that this notarial service was an affidavit and they signed a jurat. Chapter 10 page 1 August 23, 2003 11 mailing tools You will need to obtain the following mailing tools before you mail so you are not making numerous trips to the office supply store or the post office. 1. Either priority mail envelopes or manila envelopes large enough to accommodate your documents. 2. Pre-inked stamps that say copy and original. They can be obtained from any office supply house 3. Green receipts for domestic insured parcel PS form 3813 4. Registered mail red and white label PS form 205. Receipts for registered mail PS form 3866. Certified mail receipts PS form 3807. Green return receipt postcards PS form 3811 8. If you have multiple people you are mailing to, PS Form 3877, comes in a book, 9. White USPS 3817 Certificate of Mailing Forms for the Post Office to Sign, do not trim the downloadable forms. Use a full page for each, 10. Sufficient priority mail postage stamps to affix to the envelopes you are sending to the notary for the notary to mail. Be sure to include sufficient postage to cover the cost of certified mail return receipt not just the priority mail price. The notary will need three sets of stamps for each respondent mailing, plus a set of stamps to send the package back to you containing the original certificates of dishonor, notary notes and proofs of service. If you must use a postage meter, be sure the imprint date is not printed. Chapter 11 page 1 September 18, 2003 12 Writing the documents first you will write the CA, and then copy and paste to create the affidavit. A. The following language is to be used as a guideline only. You must customize the documents to fit the presentments you have received. Each and every CA slash A is different for every offer because rarely are two offers identical. Remember, you are not to argue, but only present statements for stipulation. You must never ask them to prove a negative, so phrase your proof of claim statements or production of evidence in proper language. 1. The CA, with bill of exchange, should include A. Identity of parties B. Mailing location of parties C. Notice that it is a private communication D. Identity of the subject matter, respondent's presentment. E. Notice of your acceptance F. Notice that you are returning the presentment after acceptance G. Notice that you do not intend to argue or dishonor H. Notice of what positive performance you are requesting I. List of what documents you want of you to determine the validity of the obligation J. Caveat if respondent fails to provide his claim K. Instructions regarding required response and response time L. The original accepted for value or performance presentment attached to notice of the conditions of the acceptance. This is your bill of exchange BOE. A bill is a writing. Your writing may be an offer to exchange your tax exemption for the discharge of the respondent's charge or it may be private funds or any number of other things. The charge was fixed by the respondent when he elected to send you an offer in the form of a demand. When you write your accepted for value on the respondent's presentment, offer or bill, you have authorized the respondent to negotiate the private exchange to settle the debt, but your authorization for him to do that can be conditional upon his ability to prove his claim. You may even authorize him to go ahead and negotiate the accepted presentment without proving his claim. In return, the other part of the exchange, he must send you a discharge notice for the value of his presentment. Send the original BOE to them. Keep a copy for your records, too. At the same time, you may choose to also commence a public debt verification process using the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act FPA. The FPA is their law and applies to their fictions, including the straw man. 
Their law does not apply to a secured party or a living soul, only the principles of their law apply. If you reference their law as a living soul or secured party, you are volunteering into their jurisdiction, so you must only reference the principles. If you elect to commence a public debt verification, be sure it is the straw man who is using the FPA or the secured party slash living soul who references the principles of the FPA. You do not need or want benefits from statutes promulgated for U.S. citizens, straw man. Always remember who you are. The sentient being can only request verification that comports with the principles of the FQA and not the FQA itself. Chapter 12 page 1 September 18, 2003-3 Write the affidavit. 4. A friend, server, stuffs the envelope to mail to the respondent. The reason for this is to avoid having to deal with a respondent who claims he received the envelope but it was empty when he got it. Your friend will give you the original certificate of service. A photocopy is just fine to enclose with the documents. A. Original conditional acceptance B. Original affidavit. Make sure you have a duplicate original in your files. Comma C. Respondent's original presentment that has been accepted for value, BOE, and is now being returned D. Unsigned certificate of service, so the respondent knows we are using a certificate which is unsigned because the envelope has not yet been mailed. Your friend mails the envelope by registered mail with return receipt requested and gets the white PS form 3806 receipt stamped. Your friend must not be a relative and at least 18 years old. Sometimes, the postal clerk will ask for a value for the registered package. Your friend may value the package at $100 just to get it mailed. 5. Make 3, 3, copies of everything. 1 for your records and 2 for the notary. 6. Your friend signs the certificate of service. Make a copy to enclose with the envelope and 1 for the notary. Keep the original in your file. 7. If appropriate, send a statement of account. 8. You should get the green card back about with a week to 10 days. If you do not receive the green card, go to the post office and request a tracking printout of the registered package, which the postal clerk should date and cancel providing third-party witness to the package's delivery. Keep the original postal printout or green card and make a copies to provide to the notary. 9. On 21st day after your BOE and CA slash A was mailed to the respondent, send the following for the notary to include with the notary's notices. A. Your original affidavit requesting the notary carry out a protest for you, it will not be included with the notices from the notary to the creditor. B. Four copies of your local notary request for notarial process, one for the notary's file. C. Four copies of your friend's proof of service of your CA slash A, one for the notary's file. D. Four copies of the CA with your BOE, one for the notary's file upon which the notary will write notes. E. Four copies of your affidavit, one for the notary's file which the notary will write her notes directly on, as well as a separate notary notes page. F. Four copies of the respondent's presentments that you accepted for value and returned. G. Four copies of your attachments to the CA, if you have any. H. Four copies of the registered receipt and green card from mailing your CA slash A. Chapter 12 page 2 September 18, 2003 I. Four copies of the notary's proof of service, POS, for each notice she is sending out on your behalf, which the notary will sign. One goes into the envelope to the respondent, one stays in the notary's files, and two will come back to you at the end. J. Two original notices of dishonor which the notary will sign, stamp and seal, one to send back to you later and one for the notary's file. K. Two original second notice of dishonor, one to send back to you later and one for the notary's file. L. Four original certificates of dishonor. You get at least three originals back from the notary, in case you need extras to enter as evidence in a public forum. The notary should keep one in the notary's file. 
This does not need to go to the respondent, but you may send a copy if you desire. M. Four original sets of notary notes to be attached to the certificate of dishonor stating the terms of the agreement, if applicable. The notary mails only a photocopy of the certificate to the respondent and mails several duplicate originals to you. Chapter 12 page 3 September 18, 2003 13 Your affidavit to the notary You must create an affidavit requesting the protest by the notary, which you present to the notary the day after the respondent has dishonored your CA slash A along with all the documents and postage prepaid envelopes for the notary to perform the protest on your behalf. You may prepare the affidavit in advance and fill in the remaining data just before you send it to the notary for protest. Do not delay. The actual affidavit may be notarized by any local notary, in fact, it is best if it is not notarized by the notary who is actually performing the protest for you. The affidavit requesting the services of the notary must state the facts, a. The county and state at the top b. The title affidavit c. Your name and address d. Your ability to make an affidavit e. What I was mailed to the respondent, f. The identity of the respondent, g. The mailing address of the respondent h. When it was mailed, I, who mailed it, J, what type of response was received, if any. The affidavit must also request the services of the notary to evidence the dishonor through protest. The affidavit must also request the services of the notary to evidence the dishonor through protest. The dishonor is one of non-payment, creditor's lack of response, not one of non-acceptance. If the respondent did not refuse or return your bill of exchange, he accepted it. Once he accepts it, he has an obligation to pay it or perform. Paying it includes, this is a limiting word, withdrawal of his demand, offer, or production of the requested documentation that proves his claim. If he does neither, he is not paid or performed, he is accepted. The wording in the statute says for non-acceptance or non-payment. It is important not to give them a way to get out of paying, also performing, by claiming later that you admitted your bill of exchange was not accepted by the respondent. If your previous process has the non-acceptance in the notice of dishonor, it is not a fatal error because they would have to join issues with you to bring that claim into the process and you could correct your error. In commerce, when you make an error, you correct it or start the process over. The typical respondents in the political system are seldom able to prove their claims. Make a copy for your records. The original goes to the notary performing the protest. Chapter 13 page 1 September 18, 2003 14 The notary notes you are to prepare four original sets of notary notes to be attached to the certificate of dishonor stating the terms of the agreement, if applicable. You should prepare the notary notes ahead of time and the contents should be taken directly from your original CA slash A. Ensure all the agreements are contained within the notary notes, but it should appear as though the notary wrote it. It is critical that you use precise and exact wording. The notary cannot add words or interpret law or intent, or clarify anything that is ambiguous in your original CA. The phrasing should not be changed other than to make it fit the format of the attachment. I. E. Noun and verb tense may be changed since the presentment will usually have future tense verbs and the attachment will have present tense or past tense verbs. The notary should take all due diligence to compare the wording on the attachment to the wording on your CA. Technically, the notary is not held liable for mistakes on a protest because it is one of her judicial duties. 
But you do not want to put the notary in a compromising situation that can be avoided by your being diligent. The notary will also sign the attachment showing her findings of fact based upon your affidavit and their dishonor. Chapter 14 July 10, 2003-15 The Process in Detail 1 Prepare the conditional acceptance VA first. A. Ensure that you have entered the appropriate time frame including mailing each way within which the respondent is to respond, varies depending on whether you have requested an accounting. B. If you have filed your UCC1 on your straw man, you may wish to include a proof of claim that you have not been damaged, their agreement to your recordation of a UCC1 against them for the damages they have caused you. Make sure your damaged claim is reasonable and can be substantiated. You will also amend the signature lines for the man's signature instead of the straw man's signature. 2. Create the affidavit by copying and pasting the numbered proofs of claim from the CA. A. Replace the phrase documentation verifying phrasing with affiant has not seen or B. If you have constructed each item separately, verify that the phrase and believes no such evidence exists is at the end of each separate item. 3. Verify that each document is properly addressed and contains the appropriate opening and closing paragraphs. 4. Change one of the respondent's bills into a bill of exchange. 5. Attach copies of the creditor's presentments to the CA. A. At the bottom of each page of the creditor's presentments, label them as presentment 1A, 1B, 2, 3 etc. 6. Behind the presentments, you may attach copies of your prior letters or notices and label them as attachment A1, A2, B, etc. 7. Assemble a total of six complete sets, excluding the notary jurat, one for you, the original to send to the creditor, and four to send to the notary. 8. Have a local notary public notarize your blue signature on the affidavit, A, and make five good photocopies of the jurat and place them behind the affidavit in the sets. 9. Either through the notary public or by a friend, use the proof of service and have the friend or notary mail the original CA A to the creditor with Forms PS 3817 Certificate of Mailing or by Certified Mail Return Receipt Requested. Do not include a copy of the proof of service with the mailing. 10. Optional, ensure the package for $49 using a PS Form 3813, cost equals $1.35. 11. Prepare the notary's package. Note, you will have to choose either certified mail return receipt or USPS certificate of mailing. USPS will not do both. We prefer the certified mail. Chapter 15 page 1 October 19, 2016 with the notary does the notary, 1. Receives your affidavit requesting the notarial protest. 2. Signs each notice and places their notary stamp and seal one upon each. 3. Completes a proof of service for each notice, which will later be sent to you. 4. Makes a duplicate original of each notice to send to you later. 5. Takes the postage prepaid envelopes to the USPS. 6. Has the USPS stamp the certificates of mailing and utilizes a separate Form 3877 for multiple mailings to the same company. 7. Mail the duplicate notarized notices, proofs of service, USPS 3817 and 3877, certificates of dishonor and green postcard originals to you and your SACE be sure to inform the notary that, if any response is received by the notary during the process, the notary is to immediately fax it to you so that you may amend or correct the next notice the notary will send on your behalf. Be sure to recalculate the new mailing date for the notary. The notary is not to send the next notice until you have reviewed the response and determined if there are issues to be addressed and subsequent documents to be amended or changed. 
One of the notary does not have a an embossing tool, seal, the notary, in blue ink, is to write their initials and then place their inked thumbprint halfway over the initials. Chapter 16 page 1 July 10, 2003 17 Prepare the docs for the notary you are to, 1. Prepare everything ahead of time, a. Fill in all the notary information, including, first name, middle initial, last name, mailing address, city and state and county where appropriate, b. Fill in the month and year of all the notices and certificates, leaving the calendar day for the notary to fill in. C. Pre-address the envelopes to the respondent. D. Ensure each envelope has the notary's return address. E. Complete the green postcards, PS Form 3811, and receipts, PS 3800. F. Ensure each envelope has the proper amount of postage stamps affixed. G. Ensure each envelope has a completed PS Form 3817 Certificate of Mailing for the USPS to endorse. Some USPS will not accept these if you are using return receipt postcards. H. Ensure each envelope contains a complete copy of the CA attachments, NA, I. Ensure each envelope has paper clipped under the flap, the proof of service and the three copies of appropriate notice for the notary to sign, stamp and seal, one for a respondent, one for you and one for the notary. J. Ensure each envelope flap has a sticky note indicating the date you anticipate the notary will sign and mail the documents. K. Prepare the two original notary notes documents, one for you and one for the notary, which recaps the notary's findings. 2. Create a mailing date list showing each mailing date with the name of each notice and each recipient for the notary. Keep a copy for your records. 3. Include a 9x12 self-addressed stamped envelope. SASE for the notary to return to you all of your documents the notary signed, sealed and stamped in the correlating certificates of mailing, green postcards, and receipts, with the notary's notes. If you are mailing to more than one person of the same creditor, complete a PS Form 3877. You may list multiple recipients at the same creditor company, but do not mix creditor companies on the same Form 3877. Be sure to include completed Forms 3877 for the notary. Chapter 17 page 1 July 10, 2003-18 The notary's protest file The notary must maintain a protest file which must contain the 1. Original of your affidavit requesting the protest with the following enclosures. A. Copy of the CA with presentments and bill of exchange. B. Copy of the A. C. Copy of proof of service, D. Copies of the green return receipt postcards. 2. Original notary's notes document which recaps the notary's findings. 3. Duplicate original, signed and sealed, notice of dishonor with the green return receipt and postcard the notary mailed, and an original sealed, stamped proof of service. 4. Duplicate original, signed and sealed, second notice of dishonor with the green return receipt and postcard the notary mailed, and an original sealed, stamped proof of service. 5. Duplicate original certificate of dishonor with a green card to you. 6. Copy of the attachment to the notary note stating the terms of the agreement. 7. Calendar of events noting the applicable dates, past and future. Chapter 18 page 1 August 23, 2003 19 Recap Send the package to the notary, which must contain the following. A. Your affidavit requesting the notary perform the protest. B. Two original notice of dishonor and certificate of service, dated 21 days after the CA-A, with one full copy of the CA-A, attachments, bill of exchange, which the notary signs, stamps, seals, and mails one set to respondent with a mailing certificate. I. If the notary receives the response to the notice of dishonor, 
the notary is to fax it immediately to you. The response may necessitate that you reply with a different notice of protest to incorporate information relative to the response. Ask the notary to wait before mailing anything else as this may change the dates and contents of your subsequent notices. C. 2. Original Second Notice of Dishonor and Certificate of Service dated 10 days after the Notice of Dishonor, with one full copy of the CA-A, Attachments, Bill of Exchange, which the notary signs stamps, seals, and mails one set to respondent with a mailing certificate. I. If the notary receives a response to the protest notice, the notary is to fax it immediately to you. The response may necessitate that you reply with a different notice of protest to incorporate information relative to the response. Ask the notary to wait before mailing anything else as this may change the dates and contents of your subsequent notices. D. 3. Original Certificate of Dishonor and Certificate of Service, dated at least 10 days after the second notice of dishonor, with CA-A, attachments, BOE, which the notary signs, stamps, seals, and mails to you with duplicate originals of all prior documents and the notary notes and affidavit. E. 2 original notary notes documents, one for you and one for the notary, which recaps the notary's findings. F. Says for the notary to send you the copies of the notarized notices and proofs of service, certificates of mailing, green cards and notary notes. Chapter 19 August 23, 2003Twenty Letters during the process you must respond to every written document you receive, including subsequent statements from creditors, within 72 hours, 3 days, per contract law, or include the phrase, this is my timely response to your, dot you may send your acknowledgement of non-responsive letters by regular mail, with USPS certificate of mailing, and say something like, thank you for your January 14, 2003 letter. However, it is non-responsive to my January 2, 2003 conditional acceptance of your offer. I look forward to you verifying your claims as requested and speedy resolution of this matter. Sincerely, with all rights reserved. Jane Doe by, Jane Doe, Secured Party Jane Doe If you receive a bill or statement, you must also reply but may do so by supplying printing the following text, in red ink, directly on the offer. Be sure to sign in red ink and mail the original by standard mail. Make a photocopy, after you have signed it, for your files. Date received, accepted and returned for assessed value, closure and settlement of this accounting. The debt has been discharged in full. Current account balance is zero. Send me the voucher. You are using my exemption. Bye. Underscore I'm 123,456,789 If your account is sold to a debt collector, remember that they, too, must be able to validate their claim. The DC series of letters will help you get rid of them. Also, keep the following in mind, there is a maxim of law and you should be able to find it in every state's maxim of jurisprudence. California's is found at CC 3515. Consent as defense, he who consents to an act is not wronged by it. Latin, scientia et volunti non fit injuria, a wrong is not done to one who knows and wills it. Any third-party debt collector who purchases a debt knowingly places themselves in harm's way in order to receive a potential benefit, cannot, by such act, validate a right of action to file or initiate a cause of action in a court of law of competent jurisdiction. 
it simply cannot happen. Example, an attempt to commit an injury upon the person of another, if made with his consent, will not constitute an assault. Thus, no one can maintain an action for a wrong, where he has consented to the act which occasioned his loss. Brown, Edward, and Sons v. San Francisco, 1950, 36 C2D53, 196 P2D 231. Chapter 20 page 1 September 18, 2003 Just a thought consistent with your premise concerning third-party debt collectors. They surreptitiously attempt to induce novation by getting one to pay them the residue of a purported debt even though the third party was not signatory to original agreement. If common folk begin to wake up to the fact that you have no contractual obligation to any third-party interloper, the debt collection scam would soon die on the vine as it were. Words worth committing to memory Chapter 20 page 2 September 18, 2003 21. Credit reporting agencies, when you begin this process, it is best to cut up or shred and return your credit cards with a letter that states you are voluntarily closing the account. Mail it surcheed with a proof of service the T specifies what is in the envelope, keep a copy of your letter for your records, before you send your CA A, obtain a copy of your credit report. If you are married, you must obtain separate reports for each of you, and individually you must each send correspondence to the CRAs. Once you have received your credit report, go through every detail and look for any minor inaccuracy. Then begin your written dialogue with the CRAs concurrently with sending your CA A. This procedure will make it much easier, at the conclusion of the notarial protest, to demand removal of adverse entries by CRAs of the accounts you have settled. Below are general guidelines for CRA interaction. Step 1. Obtain your credit report ordering from the credit bureaus directly. You can order by mail, over the internet, or possibly by phone. The FCRA states that you are entitled to receive a credit report disclosure directly from the Consumer Credit Reporting Agency for free if you certify in writing that you are unemployed and intend to apply for employment within 60 days. You are receiving public welfare assistance. You have reason to believe your consumer file contains inaccurate information due to fraud. You have been denied credit, insurance, or employment within the past 60 days if any of the above applies to you then you may order directly from the credit reporting companies. You should receive your reports in 3 to 4 weeks, oftentimes you will receive a letter asking for more information. To avoid this delay, include all of your relevant information. 1. Full name. Be sure to note if you are a junior or SR2. Birth date 3. Social security number and a photocopy of your social security card. 4 your current address 5, your previous addresses for the last 5 years, 6, driver's license photocopy with current address on it, or other proof of address, chapter 21 page 1 September 18, 2003 contact information for national credit agencies Experian TransUnion Equifax HTTP colon slash slash www Experian, com slash http colon slash slash www, TransUnion, com slash http colon slash slash www, Equifax, com slash 888-397-3742-800-888-4213-800-997-2493 Step 2 Analyze your credit report if the credit report contains one or more of these indicators, 
then the report is negative. If the listing contains none of these indicators, then the listing is positive. Experian TransUnion Equifax any item marked with dashes on either side of the number, Example 2. Any inquiry any item listed in the adverse section of the report. Watch for any information with a symbol next to IT. Any inquiry any item rated any higher than I1, M1, or R1, such as an R2 or I9. Any item preceded by a icon. Any item listed as a repossession, foreclosure, profit and loss write-off, charge-off, paid profit and loss write-off, paid charge-off, settled, settled for less than full balance or included in bankruptcy. Any collection account whether paid or not. Any court account including a lien, judgment, bankruptcy chapters 11, 7, or 13, divorce, satisfied lien, or satisfied judgment. Any item showing one or more 30, 60, or 90 day late payments under the body of the listing. Any inquiry once you've highlighted all negative items on your credit report. Begin looking for the inaccuracies and inconsistencies and highlight them with a pink or orange highlighter. Inaccuracies to look for. Account not yours, account number wrong, date of account wrong, status wrong, balance wrong, late pay history wrong, account type wrong inconsistencies to look for. More late pays than months reviewed, item in BK but no BK listed, duplicate accounts, never lived in area of court record, account shows older than possible, past addresses wrong, personal information wrong and inaccuracy is something that you know is not true, such as a listing that doesn't belong to you or an incorrect balance. An inconsistency is when the same information on the credit report contradicts itself, such as showing 12 late payment notations when the report shows only 4 months reviewed. You can use these inaccuracies and inconsistencies to lend credibility to your challenge. If you find that a substantial amount of the negative credit on your credit report does not belong to you, you may wish to prepare a lawsuit against the credit bureaus. You will not have an adequate cause of action against the credit bureaus unless you attempt to correct the mistakes with them and they willfully or negligently mishandle your case. The odds of the credit bureaus negligently mishandling your case are excellent, so you would be wise to proceed with a lawsuit in mind. Chapter 21 page 2 September 18, 2003 Document every correspondence and response in a diary or spreadsheet or calendar type book. If your recordation is complete and accurate, it is usually considered an acceptable court document. Be sure to copy and file everything and send all of your correspondence certified mail, return receipt requested. Step 3. Organize your notice review your credit report. Verify all aspects of its accuracy, including your 1. Name 2. Delivery address 3. Contact phone number 4. Social security number 5. Date of birth 6. Former addresses 7. AKAs, also known as, 8. Employer 9. All accounts, A account number B type of account, i.e., revolving, line of credit, mortgage, C balance and most OD open and closed dates and by whom E payment status, i.e., as agreed, never late, etc. F credit limit G individual or joint account status H disputed status I closed account step 4. Send your first notice as soon as you have verified all information on the report. For each individual person, you cannot notify CRAs in a single letter for joint accounts. It must be done individually, in separate letters mailed in separate envelopes. Send the appropriate CRA one letter. The first letter, 
which is friendly and just to tell them you've reviewed your report may address various errors in the report such as misspellings and closed accounts and wrong addresses. All notices to inform them to delete an account or it is in dispute must be sent separately for each creditor account certified mail to each agency where corrections are to be made. Request proof that the corrections have been made. The agencies have 30 days under federal law to make any required changes. You also have the choice to notify the CRAs that your information is private and they are to place a security freeze on your credit information. This will prohibit them from disclosing your information when they receive a simple inquiry. Be advised that you must notify them if you want information released when you want to apply for credit or employment. Chapter 21 Page 3 September 18, 2003 California Civil Code, also found in www.witkin.com slash pages slash recent underscore dev underscore pages slash developments 2002.htm, Security Alerts, Civil Code Section November 1, 1785. Start Date July 1, 2002 A consumer may request the placement of a security alert on his or her credit report. Credit reporting agencies, CRA, must notify those requesting information of the existence of the alert. A security alert typically states the consumer wants to be notified prior to the extension of credit. The consumer may customize the language of the alert including the addition of a phone numbers where he or she may be contacted regarding the alert. Security Freezes, Civil Code Section November 2, 1785 Start Date January 1, 2003 A consumer may elect to place a security freeze on his or her credit report by making a request in writing to a Consumer Credit Reporting Agency CRA. Security Freezes, Civil Code Section 1785-11-2 Start Date January 1, 2003 A consumer may elect to place a security freeze on his or her credit report by making a request in writing to a Consumer Credit Reporting Agency CRA. Security freeze means a notice placed in a consumer's credit report, at the request of the consumer and subject to certain exceptions, that prohibits the CRA from releasing the consumer's credit report or any information from it without the express authorization of the consumer. Items included in this freeze include, name, address, birthdate, SSN and credit info. A freeze may always be lifted temporarily for the extension of credit and a unique personal identification number or password will be provided to the consumer for that purpose. The CRAs may charge a slight, reasonable fee for this service for non-victims. Certain groups will be allowed access without removing the freeze, employment, current credit issuers with established accounts, etc. Consumers should be aware that a security freeze or security alert will affect their ability to be granted instant credit and will delay the extension of credit until the request is confirmed. It should not affect credit scores or prohibit the extension of credit to the true consumer. Step 5. Follow up after sending the CRA1 letters, if appropriate, send a CA slash NA and then follow up to dispute the accounts and inform the credit reporting agencies that they are not to provide any inaccurate information which may impair your commercial ability. After you receive your certificate of dishonor from the notary, send via certified mail CRA3. CR4 and minus 5 are provided as sample responses should the CRAs not comply with the contract. Step 6. Enforcement. 
after you receive your certificates of dishonor and non-performance or breach of contract and have billed the respondent the amounts agreed to in the conditional acceptance self executing contract by sending a minimum of three statements slash bills at least 10 days apart if the CRA still have not complied then you have to make a decision as to whether or not you want to prosecute both the credit reporting agencies and the creditor if the CRAs are continuing to ignore your evidence and take the verbal reporting of the creditor follow up with letters to the federal enforcement agencies your state attorney general and local consumer advocates you may wish to complete the process with notarial protest on the CRAs so that you can move it to chapter 21 page 4 September 18 2003 the federal court of claims for enforcement of the judgment made of the evidence by the notary or for judicial review of your process to obtain a local superior court order step 7 credit repair if they do not delete the settled accounts from your credit report after you have sent all your notices and threats to proceed with legal remedy and you want your credit report cleaned up, then you either have to proceed by filing a lawsuit or you can bite the bullet and simply contract with a credit repair company who has an attorney on staff. Check with us for a referral. Chapter 21 page 5 September 18, 2322. After the notary protest there is one other document you should request from the notary after the protest, and that is a printout from the Secretary of State's office website where the notary is commissioned which shows that the notary is in good stand with the current commission. There may be a nominal fee for accessing the website. You can also look for this information on your own. This is a preventative measure so that if you should come to a circumstance where the lender questions whether or not a notary with a proper commission performed the protest, you already have the apostilles in your bag of evidence to prove it was a viable notarial protest. Perfecting the process now that you have the original certificate of dishonor and non-response with notary notes from the notary, if you wish. You can set the stage to enforce the contract they entered into with you. You have 90 days one in which to send three bills for the contractual amounts in your CA. The billing must be at least 10 days apart. Itemize the amounts. If they are continuing to send you offers or if a bill collector is still trying to collect on the account which has already been settled, you may wish to file a complaint with your local attorney general and the appropriate federal agencies depending on whether it is against a credit card company or a credit reporting agency. You have three avenues available to you. 1. The Private Administrative Tribunal The Private Administrative Tribunal consists of at least three independent judges, private citizens with knowledge of notarial protest. Review your documents and verify that you have followed all the procedural requirements. The private judges can then issue findings of fact and you now have a judicial finding. Or 2. Getting Notarial Judicial Review you must enter the documents for a superior court judge in your county, in his judicial capacity and not his ministerial capacity, to review the procedure, the time of the notices and your service of the notices by you and the notary, so that you can obtain a court order for enforcement and damages. You will need a local notary certificate if you used an out-of-state notary for the process too. The local notary will simply review the process and issue a certificate stating that the process was proper. After the judicial review and findings of fact, then you can obtain a writ of execution and obtain a keeper, marshal or sheriff, on their choice to either take them away for the amount of the court order or sell them at public auction, or, 
One if you wait longer than 90 days to do your billing, simply get a current certificate of dishonor from the notary. Two we know that you may have difficulty finding a re-state notary to review the documents if you had to use an out-of-state notary to perform the protest. There is no time limit on when you get a re-state notary to review the process. We are accumulating the names, emails and phone numbers of notaries nationwide who are familiar with notarial protest. If you can add to the list, please forward the information to us to add to the notary list in the files. Chapter 22 page 1 September 17, 2003 Obtain judicial review from the appropriate court. Depending on the citizenship or reason of both you and the alleged lender, you can file an action for judicial review with the your state court, federal district court or the federal court of claims. If the reason of both you and the lender is in your state, you can file in your state court. If the lender is a foreign corporation, you can file at federal district court. You also have the option of the federal court of claims, where foreign judgments are enforced. The private side is foreign to the public side. Your conditional acceptance and the notary protest was private. Remember that the notary process is outside the box so it is foreign to the maritime slash admiralty courts. It is no different than having a judgment in France and trying to enforce here. It has to go through the Federal Court of Claims for Foreign Judgments. All three processes do not review the substance of the documents, but only weigh the procedure, the form, whether or not you and the notary met the notice and time requirements, etc. and not the components of the contract. You cannot argue or testify or address whether or not the instrument you offer in exchange was valid, whether the debt was valid or allow any topic other than the judicial review of the notarial protest to be addressed in any of the three processes. We will be adding forms for these processes soon. After you have your court order, you may also wish to file a UCC-1 with your local county recorder with the entire packet attached, including your bill of exchange. And don't forget about those credit reporting companies, they must adhere to the Fair Credit Reporting Act or you can turn them in for criminal prosecution by the Federal Trade Commission. Now that you have a contract, if you choose to force an involuntary bankruptcy to collect, it's up to you. P.S. After you receive your certificates of dishonor and non-performance or breach of contract, you should bill the respondent the amounts agreed to in the conditional acceptance self-executing contract. Send a minimum of three statements slash bills. The case can now be filed in the appropriate court for enforcement of the judgment made of the evidence by the notary. If you did the debt validation process with notarial protest and they didn't present the original note, the FTC has shown that this is a false and deceptive practice. The OCC and Office of Thrift Supervision have similar sites with opinions and case law which defines this sort of activity. It'll take some time to pull the cases up online, but you'll find that you can still sue them and cost them their license. You might want to obtain Richard Cornforth's materials on voiding judgments. It's really an in-depth look at the evil of the equity court system. It's equal all right but it's more equal for the criminal bankers. Chapter 22 page 2 September 17, 2003 23. The Law Notary and Dishonor Cases Anvil Nat. Bank v. Kettering, 106 Pascals, 531 AM, Rep. 
536 Bosca V, Cumming Ore, 177 US 459, 44 liters, Ed, 846, 20 S, CT, 701, 1900, Cheney V, Libby, 134 US 68, 33 liters, Ed, 818, 10 S, CT, 498, 1890, Delima V. Bidwell, 182 US 1, 45 liters, Ed, 1041, 21 S, CT, 743, 1901, Dennis Dune V. Stewart, 17 Howe, 607, 15 liters, Ed, 228 Hits V. Jinx, same V, same, 123 US 297, 31 liters, Ed, 156, 8 S, CT, 143, 1887, Maury V, Winlock and Toledo, 148 Washington, 572, 269 P, 815, 817 Piedmont Carolina Rye, CO, V, Shaw, Kank, 223 F, 973, 977 Townsend V, Lorraine Bank, 2 Ohio Street, 345 Usury Beneficial National Bank V, Anderson, No, 02-306, U, S, S, C, June 2, 2003, an action filed in state court, to recover damages from a national bank for allegedly charging excessive interest in violation of both the common law usury doctrine and an Alabama usury statute, arose only under federal law and could therefore be removed under 28 U.S.C. Section 1441. To read the full text of this opinion, go to http colon slash slash laws lp finlaw com slash us slash o o o slash o two three o six html statutes regarding notarial protest original 1909 notary docs www infinitary bizland com slash fpc htm http colon slash slash www Witkin, com slash pages slash recent underscore dev underscore pages slash developments 2002 http colon slash slash www notary public law com slash california http colon slash slash www ss c gov slash business slash notary slash notary underscore 2003 hdbk htm hash uck and http colon slash slash www leginfo c gov cgi bin slash calo query code section equals command code buddy equals notary antits equals 24 ita florida statutes http colon slash slash www Flicinate, gov slash statutes slash index, CFM, app underscore mode equals display underscore statute and URL equals CH0673 slash title 0673, Nightman statute year equals 2002 and title equals percent 2D percent 3E 2002 percent 2D percent 3 chapter percent 20673 Kentucky. HTTP colon slash slash www LRC state KY us slash KRS slash 423 slash chapter 
htm new york http colon slash slash com slash merchant two slash merchant mv screen equals pradon store underscore code equals np land product underscore code equals 50 to 4 texas http colon slash slash inflammatory bizland com slash texas percent 20 notary percent 20 protest percent 201902 PDF Chapter 23 Page 1 September 17, 2003 from the Arizona Statutes Article 5 Dishonor Each state has adopted the Uniform Commercial Code. Many have correlating numbers with the UCC. Some states have reworded the adopted versions, so be sure to compare your state citations with the UCC and refer to the state or UCC where applicable. Section 47 to 3501 Presentment A. Presentment means a demand made by or on behalf of a person entitled to enforce an instrument. 1. To pay the instrument made to the drawee or a party obliged to pay the instrument or, in the case of a note or accepted draft payable at a bank, to the bank, or 2. To accept a draft made to the drawee. B. The following rules are subject to Chapter 4 of this title, Agreement of the Parties, and Clearing House Rules and the like. 1. Presentment A may be made at the place of payment of the instrument and must be made at the place of payment if the instrument is payable at a bank in the United States. b. May be made by any commercially reasonable means, including an oral, written or electronic communication. c. Is effective when the demand for payment or acceptance is received by the person to whom presentment is made, and d. Is effective if made to any one of two or more makers, acceptors, drawees or other payers. 2. Upon demand of the person to whom presentment is made, the person making presentment must a. Exhibit the instrument b. Give reasonable identification and, if presentment is made on behalf of another person, reasonable evidence of authority to do so, and c. Sign a receipt on the instrument for any payment made or surrender the instrument if full payment is made. 3. Without dishonoring the instrument, the party to whom presentment is made may a. Return the instrument for lack of a necessary endorsement, or b. Refuse payment or acceptance for failure of the presentment to comply with the terms of the instrument, an agreement of the parties or other applicable law or rule. 4. The party to whom presentment is made may treat presentment as occurring on the next business day after the day of presentment if the party to whom presentment is made has established a cutoff hour not earlier than 2 o'clock p.m. For the receipt and processing of instruments presented for payment or acceptance and presentment is made after the cutoff hour. Section 47 to 3502. Dishonor A. Dishonor of a note is governed by the following rules. 1. If the note is payable on demand, the note is dishonored if presentment is duly made to the maker and the note is not paid on the day of presentment. 2. If the note is not payable on demand and is payable at or through a bank or the terms of the note require presentment, the note is dishonored if presentment is duly made and the note is not paid on the day it becomes payable or the day of presentment, whichever is later. 3. If the note is not payable on demand and paragraph 2 of this subsection does not apply, the note is dishonored if it is not paid on the day it becomes payable. B. Dishonor of an unaccepted draft other than a documentary draft is governed by the following rules. 1. If a check is duly presented for payment to the payer bank otherwise than for immediate payment over the counter, 
the check is dishonored if the payer bank makes timely return of the check or sends timely notice of dishonor or non-payment under section 47 to 4301 or 47 to 4302 or becomes accountable for the amount of the check under section 47 4302. Chapter 23 page 2 September 17, 2003 If a draft is payable on demand and paragraph 1 of this subsection does not apply. The draft is dishonored if presentment for payment is duly made to the draw and the draft is not paid on the day of presentment. 3. If a draft is payable on a date stated in the draft, the draft is dishonored if a. Presentment for payment is duly made to the draw and payment is not made on the day the draft becomes payable or the day of presentment, whichever is later, or b. Presentment for acceptance is duly made before the day the draft becomes payable and the draft is not accepted on the day of presentment. 4. If a draft is payable on a lapse of a period of time after sight or acceptance, the draft is dishonored if presentment for acceptance is duly made and the draft is not accepted on the day of presentment. C. Dishonor of an unaccepted documentary draft occurs according to the rule stated in subsection B, paragraphs 2, 3 and 4 of this section, except that payment or acceptance may be delayed without dishonor until no later than the close of the third business day of the draw following the day on which payment or acceptance is required by those paragraphs. D. Dishonor of an accepted draft is governed by the following rules. 1. If the draft is payable on demand, the draft is dishonored if presentment for payment is duly made to the acceptor and the draft is not paid on the day of presentment. 2. If the draft is not payable on demand, the draft is dishonored if presentment for payment is duly made to the acceptor and payment is not made on the day it becomes payable or the day of presentment, whichever is later. E. In any case in which presentment is otherwise required for dishonor under this section and presentment is excused under section 47 to 3504, dishonor occurs without presentment if the instrument is not duly accepted or paid. F. If a draft is dishonored because timely acceptance of the draft was not made and the person entitled to demand acceptance consents to a late acceptance, from the time of acceptance the draft is treated as never having been dishonored. Section 47 to 3503 Notice of Dishonor A The obligation of an endorser stated in Section 47 to 3415 Subsection A and the obligation of a drawer stated in Section 47 to 3414 Subsection D may not be enforced unless 1. The endorser or drawer is given notice of dishonor of the instrument complying with this section, or 2. Notice of dishonor is excused under Section 47 to 3504, Subsection B. B. Notice of dishonor may be given by any person, may be given by any commercially reasonable means, including an oral, written or electronic communication, and is sufficient if it reasonably identifies the instrument and indicates that the instrument has been dishonored or has not been paid or accepted. Return of an instrument given to a bank for collection is sufficient notice of dishonor. C. Subject to Section 47 to 3504, Subsection C. With respect to an instrument taken for collection by a collecting bank, Notice of dishonor must be given by the bank before midnight of the next banking day following the banking day on which the bank receives notice of dishonor of the instrument or by any other person within 30 days following the day on which the person receives notice of dishonor. With respect to any other instrument, notice of dishonor must be given within 30 days following the day on which dishonor occurs. Section 47 to 3504 
Excused presentment and notice of dishonor A presentment for payment or acceptance of an instrument is excused if 1. The person entitled to present the instrument cannot with reasonable diligence make presentment 2. The maker or acceptor has repudiated an obligation to pay the instrument or is dead or in insolvency proceedings 3. By the terms of the instrument presentment is not necessary to enforce the obligation of endorsers or the drawer 4. The drawer or endorser whose obligation is being enforced has waived presentment or otherwise has no reason to expect or right to require that the instrument be paid or accepted, or 5. The drawer instructed the drawee not to pay or accept the draft or the drawee was not obligated to the drawer to pay the draft. B. Notice of dishonor is excused if by the terms of the instrument notice of dishonor is not necessary to enforce the obligation of a party to pay the instrument or the party whose obligation is being enforced waived notice of dishonor. A waiver of presentment is also a waiver of notice of dishonor. Chapter 23 Page 3 September 17, 2003 C. Delay in giving notice of dishonor is excused if the delay was caused by circumstances beyond the control of the person giving the notice and the person giving the notice exercised reasonable diligence after the cause of the delay ceased to operate. Section 47 to 3505 Evidence of Dishonor, UCC 3505, A. The following are admissible as evidence and create a presumption of dishonor and of any notice of dishonor stated. 1. A document regular in form is provided in subsection B which purports to be a protest. 2. A purported stamp or writing of the drawee, payer bank or presenting bank on or accompanying the instrument stating that acceptance or payment has been refused unless reasons for the refusal are stated and the reasons are not consistent with dishonor. And 3. A book or record of the drawee, payer bank or collecting bank, kept in the usual course of business which shows dishonor, even if there is no evidence of who made the entry. b. A protest is a certificate of dishonor made by a United States consul or vice consul, a notary public or other person authorized to administer oaths by the law of the place where dishonor occurs. It may be made upon information satisfactory to that person. The protest must identify the instrument and certify either that presentment has been made or if not made, the reason why it was not made, and that the instrument has been dishonored by non-acceptance or non-payment. The protest may also certify that notice of dishonor has been given to some or all parties. Article 6 Discharge and Payment Section 47 to 3601 Discharge and Effect of Discharge A. The obligation of a party to pay the instrument is discharged as stated in this chapter or by an act or agreement with a party which would discharge an obligation to pay money under a simple contract. B. Discharge of the obligation of a party is not effective against a person acquiring rights of a holder in due course of the instrument without notice of the discharge. Section 47 to 3602 Payment A. Subject to subsection B of this section, an instrument is paid to the extent payment is made by or on behalf of a party obliged to pay the instrument and to a person entitled to enforce the instrument. To the extent of the payment, the obligation of the party obliged to pay the instrument is discharged even though payment is made with knowledge of a claim to the instrument under section 47 to 3306 by another person. B. The obligation of a party to pay the instrument is not discharged under subsection A of this section if, 
1. A claim to the instrument under Section 47 to 3306 is enforceable against the party receiving payment and, a. Payment is made with knowledge by the payer that payment is prohibited by injunction or similar process of a court of competent jurisdiction, or, b. In the case of an instrument other than a cashier's check, teller's check or certified check, the party making payment accepted, from the person having a claim to the instrument, indemnity against loss resulting from refusal to pay the person entitled to enforce the instrument, or 2. The person making payment knows that the instrument is a stolen instrument and pays a person it knows is in wrongful possession of the instrument. Section 47 to 3603 Tender of Payment A. If tender of payment of an obligation to pay an instrument is made to a person entitled to enforce the instrument, the effect of tender is governed by principles of law applicable to tender of payment under a simple contract. B. If tender of payment of an obligation to pay an instrument is made to a person entitled to enforce the instrument and the tender is refused, there is discharge, to the extent of the amount of the tender, of the obligation of an endorser or accommodation party having a right of recourse with respect to the obligation to which the tender relates. C. If tender of payment of an amount due on an instrument is made to a person entitled to enforce the instrument, the obligation of the obligor to pay interest after the due date on the amount tendered is discharged. If presentment is required with respect to an instrument and the obligor is able and ready to pay on the due date at every place of payment stated in the instrument, the obligor is deemed to have made tender of payment on the due date to the person entitled to enforce the instrument. Chapter 23 Page 4 September 17, 2003 Section 4 47 to 3604. Discharge by cancellation or renunciation A. A person entitled to enforce an instrument, with or without consideration, may discharge the obligation of a party to pay the instrument. 1. By an intentional voluntary act, such as surrender of the instrument to the party, destruction, mutilation or cancellation of the instrument, cancellation or striking out of the party's signature or the addition of words to the instrument indicating discharge or 2. By agreeing not to sue or otherwise renouncing rights against the party by assigned writing. b. Cancellation or striking out of an endorsement pursuant to subsection a does not affect the status and rights of a party derived from the endorsement. Section 47 to 3605, Discharge of Endorsers and Accommodation Parties a. In this section, the term endorser includes a drawer having the obligation described in section 47 to 3414, subsection D. B. Discharge, under section 47 to 3604, of the obligation of a party to pay an instrument does not discharge the obligation of an endorser or accommodation party having a right of recourse against the discharged party. C. If a person entitled to enforce an instrument agrees, with or without consideration, to an extension of the due date of the obligation of a party to pay the instrument, the extension discharges an endorser or accommodation party having a right of recourse against the party whose obligation is extended to the extent the endorser or accommodation party proves that the extension caused loss to the endorser or accommodation party with respect to the right of recourse. D. If a person entitled to enforce an instrument agrees, with or without consideration, to a material modification of the obligation of a party other than an extension of the due date, 
the modification discharges the obligation of an endorser or accommodation party having a right of recourse against the person whose obligation is modified to the extent the modification causes loss to the endorser or accommodation party with respect to the right of recourse. The loss suffered by the endorser or accommodation party as a result of the modification is equal to the amount of the right of recourse unless the person enforcing the instrument proves that no loss was caused by the modification or that the loss caused by the modification was an amount less than the amount of the right of recourse. E. If the obligation of a party to pay an instrument is secured by an interest in collateral and a person entitled to enforce the instrument impairs the value of the interest in collateral, the obligation of an endorser or accommodation party having a right of recourse against the obligor is discharged to the extent of the impairment. The value of an interest in collateral is impaired to the extent the value of the interest is reduced to an amount less than the amount of the right of recourse of the party asserting discharge or the reduction in value of the interest causes an increase in the amount by which the amount of the right of recourse exceeds the value of the interest. The burden of proving impairment is on the party asserting discharge. F. If the obligation of a party is secured by an interest in collateral not provided by an accommodation party and a person entitled to enforce the instrument impairs the value of the interest in collateral, the obligation of any party who is jointly and severally liable with respect to the secured obligation is discharged to the extent the impairment causes the party asserting discharge to pay more than that party would have been obliged to pay, taking into account rights of contribution, if impairment had not occurred. If the party asserting discharge is an accommodation party not entitled to discharge under subsection E of this section, the party is deemed to have a right to contribution based on joint and several liability rather than a right to reimbursement. The burden of proving impairment is on the party asserting discharge. G under subsection E or F of this section, impairing value of an interest in collateral includes, 1. Failure to obtain or maintain perfection or recordation of the interest in collateral, 2. Release of collateral without substitution of collateral of equal value, 3. Failure to perform a duty to preserve the value of collateral owed, under Chapter 9 of this title or other law, to a debtor or surety or other person secondarily liable, or 4. Failure to comply with applicable law in disposing of collateral. H. An accommodation party is not discharged under subsection C, Deary of this section unless the person entitled to enforce the instrument knows of the accommodation or has notice under section 47 to 3419, subsection C that the instrument was signed for accommodation. I. A party is not discharged under this section if, 1. The party asserting discharge consents to the event or conduct that is the basis of the discharge, or 2. The instrument or a separate agreement of the party provides for waiver of discharge under this section either specifically or by general language indicating that parties waive defenses based on suretyship or impairment of collateral. Chapter 23 page 5 September 17, 2003 USC 18 USC section 1341, frauds and swindles whoever, having devised or intending to devise any scheme or artifice to defraud, or for obtaining money or property by means of false or fraudulent pretenses, representations, or promises, or to sell, dispose of, loan, exchange, alter, give away, distribute, supply, or furnish or procure for unlawful use any counterfeit or spurious coin, obligation, security, or other article, or anything represented to be or intimated or held out to be such counterfeit or spurious article, for the purpose of executing such scheme or artifice or attempting so to do, 
places in any post office or authorized depository for mail matter, any matter or thing whatever to be sent or delivered by the postal service, or deposits or causes to be deposited any matter or thing whatever to be sent or delivered by any private or commercial interstate carrier, or takes or receives therefrom, any such matter or thing, or knowingly causes to be delivered by mail or such carrier according to the direction thereon, or at the place at which it is directed to be delivered by the person to whom it is addressed, any such matter or thing, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than five years, or both. If the violation affects a financial institution, such person shall be fined not more than $1 million or imprisoned not more than 30 years, or both.